read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The Pro Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained, Carl Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harris, and Jillian Hall. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives. This is your pal, Sour Naro. Everybody's pal, but most importantly, Vinny's pal. And we're here on the Wrestleville Podcast. Listen really close. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is... Sal the Pal, Sourdaro. How you doing, Sal? I'm doing great, Vinny. Thanks again for having me. Uh, I, man, uh, I I feel like I'm on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Good for you because you have been in the wrestling game for a long time. And, don't, don't put uh, a number on it because then people can. I, you okay. never tell a lady's age, but <laughs> okay. we'll just say a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you have you've been been in a long time, and you know what? It's it's paying off, right? It's a slow grow. Yeah. It's you know uh, not not everybody can be Goldberg, you know. Uh, it's 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 I, I'm actually the way I look at it is very uh, I'm very fortunate in that, especially for my children, because I've always wanted to be a positive role model for them and show them that if you put in the work, if you if you bust your butt, if you try hard, you know, the hard work pays off. It's taken a lot longer for me than others. But at the end of the day, if you look where I am now, it's because I was constantly grinding because I didn't take no because I put in the work. And so, uh, you know, now now I'm finally getting to bear the, the fruits of my labor. And it's uh, it's amazing. You know, and you had some opportunities to to wrestle some great wrestlers throughout your career. You've had the opportunity yes, to wrestle yes. on some big stages. Tell us about some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. Just, I love doing these podcasts because sometimes I forget. It's it just, I, I've been so fortunate with the, with the people that I've been blessed to be around in pro wrestling, you know, I, uh, you know, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is like, I won the ring of honor world tag team titles at the Manhattan center with Tony Mamaluke, who was like a dude I looked up to anyways. And that's like, that's incredible. But just like you run down the list of guys that I've associated with the pro wrestling. And it's literally a who's who it's, you know, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Tyler Black, uh, Xavier Woods, uh, Roderick Strong, uh, Jimmy Rave, even now, like, you know, uh, the friendships I've developed in the, in the national wrestling life. I'm at the airport a couple of weeks ago and somebody's calling my name and I turn around and it's Trevor Murdoch. And like, that's still like, he was a former NWA world champion, a former WWE world tag team champion calling my name at an airport. Like that's not how life works. That's <laughs> it's backwards. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know what? You've had a lot of opportunities like that. You were in that show with uh, Colt Cabana and yeah. Ryan Danielson, right? Yeah, the Wrestling Road Diaries, which is which is one of those things that you know, 
so Jimmy Rave was my best friend and he was the first guy from the South to go up North. And he told me when he came back uh, from his first show at IWA Mid-South, he was like, dude, I've got to introduce you to Cole Cabana. You guys would be the best of friends. And I was like, ah, whatever. And so I got booked for the Ted Petty tournament in 2004. And the room was myself, Corey Chavis, Jimmy Rave, and Colt Cabana. And me and Colt Cabana became best of friends. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy nailed it. And it's just one of those things where Cabana had this idea for this, this show, this, this, this documentary, as he was returning to the Indies and from being Scotty Goldman and Brian's going to WWE uh, for his first run. He wanted a camera crew to follow us around just to get real life. But he said he needed a third. And he, he said when he, he, whenever he thought about it, I, I was the first person to come to his brain. That everything he envisioned kind of needed me in it. And it's funny just because that wasn't us putting on for cameras. You know, like that was us doing stuff and there just happened to be a camera there. That, I mean, that was our, our, our normal everyday life. And the ironic part of all of it is I've never actually seen the Wrestling Road Diaries. Uh, uh, I lived it, right? I saw it with my own eyes, but I've never seen the final product. I've heard it's amazing. My, uh, my youngest son actually this week had, uh, has mentioned it to me that he wants to see it. So probably soon I'm going to sit down and finally watch this. But yeah, I've never actually seen the Wrestling Road Diaries other than through my own eyes as we were doing it. Right. What was that process like of having the camera or, you know? It was really, it wasn't that, like I said, that was us doing what we normally do. There just happened to be a camera there. Like, especially the dynamic between myself and Cabana and the dynamic with myself and Brian, it was always... It was always a lighthearted mood. It was always, you know, we were focused on wrestling. We were going to do, you know, our time in the gym and we were going to perform when it was time to perform. But we are all cut from the same cloth as far as none of us are drinkers. None of us are, are partiers. You know, we like to have a good time, but we don't need something to help us have a good time. So, it, like I said, it, there was no adjustment. It was just us doing what we would normally do there just happened to be a fourth person there with a camera. And the best example is at one point we stopped in Amish country and Cabana and I had a watermelon eating contest. And I genuinely forgot that it was being filmed until I looked up with a face full of watermelon and the cameras on me. I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. We're, <laughs> it's not just us being idiots. It's us being idiots for other people to watch. You know, you mentioned Jimmy Rave, and wow, what a what a tragic end that was for him. Would you would you like to share some memories of him for of the listeners? Uh, I, uh, you know, I feel sorry for your listeners only because I can ramble about Jimmy Rave for for weeks at a time. Uh, Jimmy was my best friend. I mean, Jimmy. I mean, one of my first matches in Georgia. We, I mean, neither one of us were. I don't think either one of us were old enough to have a driver's license yet uh, was with Jimmy Rave. Uh, and for whatever reason, it's crazy because he was three years or three years, three months younger than me, but he was always my big brother. 
and I mean, he he was he, he was my best friend to the point where I still send him messages. I still I I still contact him. I you know I do a lot of little nuances in the ring as tributes to him that nobody would ever get unless I said, "Oh, that's for Jimmy. That's for Jimmy." But I know it's for Jimmy. He was like I said, he he was my best friend. He was my he was more than a friend though. Like uh, I didn't have much of a family growing up. I've been on my own since I was 14 and Jimmy was, I mean, Jimmy was family. He was, he was, he was my dude, you know? And I just, there's so many stories that I wouldn't need, you know, like I can't just pick out one and go, Oh, here's my Jimmy Rage story. You know, uh, they're all, there's there there was a point where we were together more. I mean, his wife used to begrudgingly hate me because he spent more time with me than he did with her. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but yeah, I mean, we were in each other's weddings. Uh, you know, he, he I was there for the birth of his son. You know, like that. He was my guy. Uh, I just, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to truly be over losing him. Uh, but his memory, like that's one thing I always try to do is I try to keep his memory strong because even, even through his last years that were really rough, he was still my best friend. You know, uh, the, I was fortunate the week before he passed, he called and I was in the middle of about 40 things. I was like, ah, oh, I don't have time. I said, ah, oh, let me go ahead and answer. You know, maybe it'll be a quick conversation. And it ended up being like an hour and a half conversation. And it was the most coherent I had heard him in years. And it was just this beautiful, like to the point where when I got a phone with him, I was like, man, I'm so glad I answered the phone. And then a week later, I woke up and his, uh, his girlfriend had called and left me a text message and a Facebook message to call her. And I knew, right? Like I just, there. Uh, and so I saw, I saw all this and I said, okay, well, I'm, I've got to get my kids to school. This is not me calling now or me calling in 30 minutes. Isn't going to change anything. Uh, so I got my kids ready. I got them to school. Then uh, I pulled over on the side of the road and called, and the rest of that day is kind of a blur. I, I, I just can't put into words what what Jimmy meant to me, what Jimmy still means to me. Uh, even at his, uh, even at his memorial service, you know, his 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 ex wife made sure that I spoke, and I just kind of started telling Jimmy's story like I couldn't I, I I had no game plan uh I just started talking and just sharing stories and adventures of of I mean we grew up we grew up together like I said you know our first match our first match we couldn't legally drive a motor vehicle uh we, we you know we were we were hip hip to hip through 20 years of 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 life and uh yeah, but she said afterwards that was the first time she had laughed since he had passed, you know, but it wasn't like me telling jokes. It was just me 
telling stories and me yeah, just reflecting on on the special bond that Jimmy and I had. Uh, uh, but like I said, I, I if you want one story, uh, one of my favorite Jimmy stories is right at is actually the weekend I won the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. It was like a we were on the road like four days straight. And wrestling promoters being wrestling promoters, you know, notoriously cheap. We've got the first flight out of Philly on a Monday morning. So our flight leaves like at 5.30, which means we got to be at the airport at 3.30. We didn't even get out of the show till 1 o'clock. So, like, there's no point in even going to sleep because we still got to find food. So, you know, not only am I tired because I've been wrestling four days straight, add to that, you know, we, we haven't eaten. We haven't slept. So we, we're going through security and it's nobody. It's it's the line is my is Jimmy, myself, and Tony Mamluks behind me. Well, Gabe Sapolsky, Ring of Honor Booker, was real big on, hey, bring the tag title with you. So when you're on other shows, you can you can represent the company. You know, I want as much eyes on this company as I can. So please, you know, bring the tag title with you, wear it out to your shows. Got it, boss. So Jimmy goes through security first and I'm right behind him. And as my bag goes through the x-ray machine, security guard, who's average, average sized human goes, uh, who's the champion? I am. What are you champion of? Uh, I pro wrestle. Oh, you don't look big enough to be a wrestler. And without hesitation, keep in mind, in my defense, four days, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm hungry, without hesitation. You don't look big enough to be a security guard. And we lock eyes. And I'm in some other multiverse, me and the security guard are still locked <laughs> in this stare down. And all you can hear is Jimmy going, Sal, you're an idiot, see you at the airline. And he's gone. I mean, Bugs Bunny dust, he's gone. And me and the security guard are locked in this stare down. And all I'm, and I'm just, all I can hear is Jimmy running away and my brain going, I'm probably about to be touched in places I don't want to be touched. And finally the security guard cracks and goes, ha, fair enough, man, have a nice flight. And I was just like, oh my God. So finally I catch up with Jimmy at the terminal and he goes, Huh, you're not walking funny. That's a shame. And that was it. <laughs> what do you think that Jimmy's contribution to wrestling? A lot of his philosophies are still embedded deep within me. And that that's the biggest shame of all of it is Jimmy's in-ring work, it wasn't his strength. Jimmy's brain was like, to this day, Jimmy... Jimmy could be an agent at, at, you know, anywhere. He could be, you know, he could be producer WWE, AEW, NWA, wherever he wanted to be. And when he was on his game, he was untouchable. And I just think he was really good about not just having knowledge, but sharing knowledge. He was always good about whenever, whenever he first started giving me, you know, tidbits, uh, you know, bits of advice. I would always, hey, let me let me buy you let me buy you a drink, you know, or let me buy you a coke, let me buy you dinner, you know. I appreciate it. He goes, no, the only the only way you can pay me back is to pay it forward. 
take that next generation under your wing. And that's Jimmy's impact because he did that with everybody. So it's not just the guys he physically affected. It's all the guys that were under the Jimmy tree that have now spurned off into, you know, uh, I'm fortunate where I'm in a position now, like we discussed, that I've been in pro wrestling way too long. <laughs> I've been around a minute. And so uh, I now have a new generation of, of kids that come to me for advice, uh, you know, and a lot of the advice I share with them is the advice that Jimmy shared with me. And it's the same thing. Hey, Sal, can, you know, let me, you know, let, let, let me buy you dinner. You know, thank you for everything. No, don't buy me dinner. Pay it forward. When you're in my position, don't hoard the knowledge, share the knowledge. And that's going to be Jimmy's influence, whether, whether it's recognized or not. Uh, I'm really pushing to get him inducted in the independent wrestling hall of fame uh, with Brett Lauderdale. Uh, and I'm hoping I can be the one to induct them just so I can share that with a grander stage. Cause there's so many guys that Jimmy's influenced uh, that don't even know that they were influenced by Jimmy. And uh, I, I really, really hope we get the chance to, uh, to, to let that be known. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had an opportunity to talk with him um, right I guess soon after he he lost his arm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh he was talking about the difficulties of uh dealing with that and and then uh later on down the road when I when I heard the news about his legs, I was I, I couldn't believe it. And and then he passed away shortly after that. So, you yeah. know, I I was really glad that I had the opportunity to talk to him because I mean, I would see him, you know, on the, on the, yeah, yeah. I'd see him, you know, I'd watch his matches or, you know, he was always, or it, it seemed like he was always around, right? Yes. Yes. I know. And, and that's, that's what I pattern, <laughs> you know, like he, he kind of, he was kind of the template of, of where I, you know, I, you know, he, he, he would never settle. He was always, what's next? What's next? What's next? He was appreciative of what he had, but it was never enough. And that drives my friends crazy when it comes to me. But that's what, you know, like I'm very, like I said, I'm very fortunate. Everything I've had in pro wrestling, I'm beyond five, seven, a buck 70, right? Like, especially when I broke in, like that's, you know, guys weren't five, seven, a buck 70 and getting work regularly. They just weren't. And I've been able to sustain a healthy living for a long period of time uh, because that mentality of this is great. Let's make it greater. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's Jimmy. Uh, you know, uh, he was so easy to hate <laughs> if you didn't know jimmy rave i can't tell you how many guys i would run into uh that would be you know they would say something and be like oh yeah, yeah me and jimmy I'm like oh i hate jimmy I'm like oh really why oh i don't know i've never met him oh okay <laughs> that, that, that makes all the sense in the world 
but uh, he was he was he was the most genuine. I mean, I remember one time somebody looked at me funny, and Jimmy was ready to throw hands. Keep in mind, we're at a cheerleading competition for his daughter, <laughs> and the guy that looked at me funny was a reverend. Ah, <laughs> uh, but that was that was Jimmy. Uh, I mean, he's he's terribly missed, and uh, you know, like one of my big things is still, you know, like I I want to I I try to keep his memory strong, and that's why like. My big thing, like my number one goal right now in pro wrestling is to win the NWA World Junior title. Like that's top of the bucket list for me because Jimmy was the NWA World Junior champ. I was with him the night he won it. And that's one last thing I can do with my best friend is is have that title. Is, you know, uh, put my name on that list that he's on, you know. And uh, like I'm still in touch with his, 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 his ex-wife and his, his son. And so I'd kind of like to bring that to them to, you know, let them hold it. Uh, but uh, like I said, I can ramble on about Jimmy, Jimmy forever. Well, I'm glad that we, we brought him up and talked about him uh, because I, I didn't know we were going to talk about him uh, when the conversation started. So, you know, there's going to be, more people thinking about Jimmy Rave after they listen to this. So good, that's you know, the goal. Yeah, you're that's definitely awesome. keeping his uh, legacy alive for sure. So. I, you know, that's that. If, if that's the only thing I do, then it's a success. Then I'm successful. So talk about what what's going on right now in in your wrestling career, and talk about you know some of the things that are happening with you. Man, I'm a. Uh busy busy you know uh just a couple weeks ago i got to go uh i did the nwa versus triple a show in mexico city uh i saw that yeah thirty thousand people unreal unreal uh I, it was uh, you know it's just i'm i like we discussed earlier i'm so fortunate in that now that i'm older i take the moment I, I take that half second to, to breathe it in and enjoy the moment. Cause I don't know when I'm going to get to do it again. And uh, Kyle Davis, who's one of my good friends was there with me, you know, and like at one point we're sitting back in this, in the, I mean, we had this nice plush locker room that, you know, w- way better than we probably deserved. And I'm looking at Kyle. I go, dude, look at this. There's Conan over there. There's Vampiro over there. There's blue demon over there. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> like one of these things are not like the other. It's me. <laughs> like, but uh, just insane. It was uh, It was so unreal. Awesome. Uh, the uh, uh, Scion, uh, who or uh, Robert Robert Anthony, egotistical Fantasco, uh, he did a vlog about. The, the the tour there and he he asked me if I'd watched it I said I ah, know I'm not you know I'm not real big on watching vlogs and he goes well you should it's you're all over this thing you're you're the most over person in the history of Mexico I was like, <laughs> he goes I got one there's one point where I'm standing there and there's there's two or three fans and I'm standing right next to Robert and 
I, I didn't even realize this was happening. And they're pointing to my right. So to my left is Robert Anthony. To my right is Billy Corgan. You know, kind of a big deal. Uh, and, and the fans are pointing and waving to get attention. And I'm like, oh, I better get out of the way so, you know, so they can see Billy. So I take a step back and they go, no, 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 no. And Robert grabs me and goes, they don't want Billy. They want you. What? <laughs> Are you sure? Because it's Billy Corgan. <laughs> like, right now, being in the NWA and wrestling for the NWA, uh, how exciting is that for you at this stage of your career? It's it's surreal, right? Because like, I thought going back to the Wrestling Road Diaries, we shot this in September of '09. And when we were done filming, I thought to myself, well, this is the best thing I'm probably ever going to do in pro wrestling, you know? And I was getting ready to wrap it up then. I said, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go out on top. It's not going to get much better than this. This is going to be my legacy in pro wrestling. And I'm very happy with that. I mean, you fast forward 14 years later and... I'm going to be featured in a singles match on a pay-per-view for the National Wrestling Alliance. <laughs> like, oh, something happened. But, like, it's it's still I'm, – I'm in such a great position where I, I think I'm just hitting my stride in ring. Like, I just – I don't think I've peaked in ring yet. And, I, and it's still – which is the most important thing to me. It's still so – much fun it's i'm having a blast i'm having the time of my life like when i walk into a locker room and like i haven't even told him this story but like uh, uh tyrus you know world heavyweight champion you might have heard of him had a had a super bowl commercial no big deal uh <laughs> he's the same guy that when my youngest son was born his favorite wrestler was the funkasaurus when, when that music would hit, he would start dancing. And I remember holding him and dancing the, the funk is on a roll. And then you fast forward to now, and this dude goes out of his way to make sure I'm sitting near him in the locker room. Like, it, it doesn't get better, you know? And then, then and again, I'm, if you look at the grand scheme of the card, I'm just, you know, I'm not the top guy. It's not like, Anybody has to, oh, well, we're going to politic our way into getting over with Sal because Sal can get us a push. No, it's probably the least. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're over with me, you're probably in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but, like, Tyrus is on the top of the card and he makes sure that I'm, oh, you know, hey, you good? You good, Sal? Good to see you, Sal. Can I, you know, it's, it's such a welcoming environment and uh, it's, it's such a great mix of guys like, like Tyrus or like uh, Aaron Stevens, you know, who just like, he knows I'm a pro wrestling nerd. So he'll always pull me aside. So we could like our last in on Mexico, we had, we went on a whole Van Hammer spree. Why did we go on a Van Hammer spree? Who knows? But we were just talking about like, you know, what the, the missing ingredient for Van Hammer. <laughs> we rebooking the territory from 1991 on how to get Van Hammer the WCW World Heavyweight Title. <laughs>
Like, what? <laughs> this is what we're doing. Like, this, this is the guy that, you know, should have won the freaking Battle Royal at WrestleMania. This is the guy that went toe-to-toe for two segments with John Cena on Raw. And here he is with me, you know, rebooking 1991 WCW so Van Hammer gets the push. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I can't say enough great things about the NWA. I'm having the time of my life. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So, Sal, I need to ask you, what did you think about the book that I put out just a couple months ago, the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 2? What do you think? So it came in the mail, and I, I, I was excited to be in a book, right? I was excited to have my name in print. When I opened up the envelope and saw I was on the cover of a book with, like, Bobby Eaton and Jazz, like beyond dreams coming true this is it's such a surreal like i still all all glance over it from time to time to make sure it's still me right like i didn't just hallucinate this like uh to say i'm honored is an under it is an understatement it's just it's such a cool it's just it's so cool and like uh not to put you over but like it's so well written and it's so well done where I love that it's 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 not long in-depth chapters, you know, 86 pages to get to the next one, you know. It's good it, it's good quality material in short pieces so you can come back for more at any time. You don't have to you you can read three or four pages, put it down and then come back and find out something else. It's just it's beyond awesome. It's it's it, my my segment, my little my little piece might be my least favorite piece in the whole thing i mean it's just it's incredible uh it's it's so well done and it's like i said it's it's just such an honor and a privilege to be a part of it well i will say this sal thank you thank you for that but it's okay you can put me over (laughs) okay well i'll do it you did a great job patrick give yourself the barry horowitz pat on the back you you've you've earned it you deserve it uh it, it's such a really really cool piece of business yeah you know and it's one of those things where like it's it, it's a legacy thing right it's not just like here i am with myself on a book it's 20 years from now when i've been hitting the head so many times i forget my own name but my son can go dad this <laughs> like my dad's on a book you know like my my daughter can go to school and say oh yeah yeah yeah, my, my dad's on the cover of a book. He's featured in a book. Like, that's a huge monumental thing. You will live in Russellville forever. Right, there it is. The legacy will carry on no matter what. I'm super appreciative of all of it. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm super appreciative of you. And you've always uh, been good about contacting me and getting back with me. And, man, I tell you, I just... You know, you've always been super to me, man. So thank oh, you. Well. Thank yeah, of you. course. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's, because uh, at the end of the day, I'm a fan. At the end of, you know, I, I grew up a pro wrestling fan. I, oh, it's all I ever wanted to be. Like, I, I don't know if I told this story last time, but I remember very vividly being in third grade in Miss Bradbury's class and she going around, you know, little Timmy, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a dentist. And little Little Bobby wants to be a, a teacher and little Michelle wants to be a dinosaur and I want to be a pro wrestler. And she goes, oh, well, 
I think little Michelle has a better shot at being a dinosaur than you do being a pro wrestler. Uh, well, take that, Miss Bradbury. I'm in a book. I don't see your name anywhere, lady. Sal, how can fans find you on social media? You can find me all, uh, at on Twitter at Sal Renaro, R-I-N-A-U-R-O, Pat Sajak's favorite wrestler. You can find me on Instagram at Sal underscore Renaro because I messed up making the at Sal Renaro. Uh, and you can find me most importantly uh, at prowrestlingtees.com backslash Sal Renaro where you can get, uh, I've got, I think five shirts with a couple more. Uh, I got a couple more ideas that I'm working on that if they, uh, if they pan out, they're going to be really, really cool designs. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Been a pleasure. Always love talking to you. Thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me. We can do it again soon. You're listening to the Russellville podcast where wrestling lives. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fool. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Bolt, Volume one. 1, Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC keeps you in the zone.